Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Welcome to season three. Three, 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 three. of Otbem Suez Kwewa Metis in space, 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 we're super excited. Super excited. Excitement just permeates the room. Oh man. You yeah. can smell it. <laughs> it smells like spice. Yes! We finally did it! We did the thing. Oh Wait, no, 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 no. It's a secret. It's a, it's secret. a secret. You don't know yet. We told a very hard and devious riddle. Right. Nobody got Twitter. it. Actually, Nobody, a bunch of people got uh, it. Like, most people got yeah. it. You probably got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Check it out on Twitter. It happened. Uh, yeah. Season three. Uh, who thought? Like, when we still, started this. Still don't think. No. Still don't think. No, this is it's not even happening. No. Yeah. It's, it's only... It's, we're going to wake up and it's all going to have been a dream. Right. A really yeah. great fun wonderful dream that i really enjoyed yeah. having we're gonna we're gonna try to call each other but since we're calling at the same time it's gonna show busy right right and then we're gonna lines. like we're gonna be like should i wait no I, they're gonna think they should wait so then i'll call you but you're gonna be like no uh they're she's gonna think that i'm gonna wait so you'll call me and then it'll you know it'll happen again and then we'll like okay this time we'll wait and we'll both wait and then we're like damn it and then we'll call each other again at the same time and it'll go on like that for like two hours before we finally get a hold of each other yeah and then i'll be like chelsea i have this amazing dream and i'll be like no wait first i'm gonna let you finish but i want to tell you about my amazing dream and then yeah it's all gonna come out dream yeah yeah so enjoy the dream live the dream dream. yeah yeah dream the dream live the dream be the dream be the dream be the dream you want to see in the world in the dream in the dream be the scene you want to (laughs) dream in the seam dream (laughs) it's fine it's fine uh okay great so i think i think we should just jump right in because we watched something pretty long today yeah 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 uh, so I guess first, um, we wanted to introduce the drink of the evening. The drink of the evening. Yes. The drink yes. of the evening. We're both, we're both reaching for our drinks. That's right. This evening. It's cool. It's satisfying. It's extremely it's refreshing. Yes. It's clear. It's maybe one of the healthiest drinks out there it's for you. It's the most you. vital. It is, it is life. Yeah. That's it is right. dihydrogen monoxide. That's Right. The wonderful, the one, the only, the hydrogen monoxide. Yes, Plink. we're drinking Cheers. water, mm-hmm. and you'll understand why if you don't already. Mm. To be fair, we did cut our water a little bit with rum and juice earlier, but yeah, um, but, th- but this water's pure. This water yeah, is it's life. Pure, beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's mm. actually really good. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's some it's good refreshing. water. We need to do more water. Yeah, more often. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the drink of the evening, and you can definitely join us in that. Why is water the drink of the evening? 
Well, Chelsea, <laughs> that's a great question. Thanks. Uh, so the water is the drink of the evening because we have finally decided to go there. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the science fiction to end all science fiction. Basically, yeah. Like the, we've been we've been kind of too chicken to do this because it's it's pretty it's pretty epic. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know if I necessarily even feel ready. We're never gonna be ready. That's no. the thing. It's like having kids. You're never actually ready. Yeah, you just you just got to do it. Yeah. So we just did it. You know, what's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? You know, I mean, nothing worse than that actual movie. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we decided to just jump right in, you know, both feet in cannonball. Oh boy. Style for season three watched Dune Dune. That's right. Dune was watched by us all all whatever number of I don't know units of time it took to watch it. We did that. It seemed like it went on forever. And yet. Here we are. There. I love it. On the other side. I loved it. it. It's like labor. You know, it was kind of painful to go through, but at the end it was really cathartic and... I'm sorry. Everything everything is is related to kids and labor to for I mean, me right for me, now. For me, it's kind of like you know, like when you have kind of like a toothache, or like yeah. when you're a kid and your tooth falls out or something, and then you like you kind of tongue it, mm-hmm. or you have like a canker sore yeah, and it hurts, it. but yeah, you yeah. just can't stop. It's yeah. like that pain, right? You know? Yeah. But then it's like then all of a sudden it's like Toto busts in with like a exactly now now, like and it's all song. better. It's all yeah. better. So of course we watched the David Lynch Dune. Yeah. Uh, we I do. Yeah, we didn't have time for anything else. And also, it's the David Lynch Dune. Like, what, are we going to not watch that one? Was that even an option? Yeah, just because it's terrible and he, like, renounced it himself. No, <laughs> never. Like, it's terrible so, in its beauty. Yeah, so we're just going to, like... Sort of like Harkonnen in. pustules. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, can we just... Okay, no, we'll get no. we'll get into the Harkonnen. Yeah, right, they're right. they're real something. Like, evil gingers. Oh, it was you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Dune. Yeah, but wait, why, you know, why would we watch Dune? There's no indigenous people in it. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. But maybe there are. Indigenous, are there? Indigenous peoples of the planet Arrakis? You know? You think that was ever taken into account? I mean, okay, so here's the other thing. Yeah. Fremen aren't actually indigenous to Dune. I know. No! Okay, and no! that's a, that's the thing about this. Okay, so if you haven't seen this movie or read all of the books... First of all, why are you even listening to us? Okay, wait, you haven't read all the books. I have There are read... like 16 books. Oh, no, 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 I haven't read the ones that, that were written by his son. Like, you don't go beyond what I, I'm, I'm going beyond. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'm on House Harkonnen right now. Oh, no, we're... Okay, we are fully in disagreement on that. Like, as far as oh, I'm no, concerned... I'm not, that... I'm not encouraging people to okay, read those good. ones. They're terrible. Yeah, Frank Herbert, I, 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 I ended with what he wrote. I'm not gonna, like... I mean, even those are terrible, though. Well, okay, but... But I'm not gonna read the other stuff. Like, they just okay, goes yeah, on yeah. forever. It does, it does really go on and on forever. But the thing is, is okay. So, this movie um, is very, very confusing. And if you haven't even read, like, the first book... You're, it's going to be have, impossible. You have no idea what's going on at yeah. all. Like, I remember watching this movie as a kid, um, and, and I just thought it was like, I don't know what was going on. It was like a, oh, well, a nightmare, talk about, right? Yeah, exactly. You talk about dreaming. Like, yeah. The thing it, is like a literally a psychedelic nightmare. It makes no background. sense. It makes yeah. no sense. It's just like, I remember from it, like the, the images that stuck out uh, when I was a kid was like just how gross Harkonnen was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a few weird things, but none of it made any sense to me. So I was just like, yeah. And so I was really turned off of Dune. And then, and then I read the book. And then you were like, I was like, what? Whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so wait, wait. So wait, okay. If you haven't read the book, mm-hmm. don't watch this movie. Just turn off the podcast mm-hmm. and then read the book. Yeah. And then come back and like however long it takes you and then watch, okay? Right. So like, we're going to wait. Yeah. Are you done? How about now? 
do you want to like maybe just like read you know just go over those parts that didn't make sense and just read them again yeah yeah okay we'll wait again oh no if we keep giving them time to do that like they're gonna do their phds on dude oh okay well, yeah okay forget okay. it okay you, you got the basic idea. you got the basics don't go into grad school yet when you read it again you're gonna see stuff you missed and again and again yeah all right anyway so the movie itself does not make any sense so but but we're but we're critiquing the movie mm. uh, but we're also gonna bring parts of the books into it yeah. because we have to and also because the movie is terrible and the books are amazing <laughs> yeah 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 like amazing like honestly the only thing that saves the movie for me is Kyle McLaughlin I am in <laughs> love with Kyle McLaughlin okay. and his floppy hair and my daughter pointed out that he looks like Justin Trudeau no okay so you, we need to stop these comparisons with Justin Trudeau I feel like I have like this weird relationship with Justin Trudeau I've never met the guy have, and I have we made really have we made comparisons or, or is this just something that happens in this your is own just life? my own life okay and i don't want to go into it and like it's vaguely and by vaguely i mean really embarrassing it's okay we can just leave it there it's mysterious like the movie dune okay yeah but let's just keep justin trudeau out of this all right i, I don't even know what you're talking about great okay sweet moving on mystery uh is the same yeah yeah staying on so, okay, Dune. It's a movie. It exists. 1984. David Lynch. Oh, yes. Starring all of our favorite people, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some you, that, yes. that German guy. Yeah, That yeah. ginger guy. <laughs> that other ginger guy. Sting. Like, there we go. <laughs> yeah, the guy The guy from, uh, oh, what is it called again? Arthur. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, He's yeah. Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Stockwell Day. <laughs> yeah, Stockwell Day, right. So you see, you, yeah, you got reoccurring people who, who are just in all of the sci-fi yeah. things. Yeah, that's, that's, it really, that really is my favorite thing about sci-fi TV and movies. Yeah, it's, it's just, like they recycle everybody. the people. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah, the guy that was in this, this, and that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, you can like, you can kind of like trace Kyle MacLachlan through the ages mm-hmm. based on like science fiction. <laughs> right. awesome so uh yes we have a, the princess Irland narrating uh, like as as you were pointing out during the movie is like most of this is exposition to try to sort of make some sense of it yeah. failing miserably it's it's like impossible so okay also this is like really uh, kind of embodied well in the synopsis so the synopsis of dune is a duke's son leads desert warriors against the galactic galactic emperor and his father's evil nemesis when they assassinate his father and free their desert world from the emperor's rule now anybody who reads dune knows that that's not actually really what yeah dune is about. yeah but uh, that's what but the movie's about kind of what the movie's about yeah sort yeah. of kind of yeah they, re- they they really had to take the most surface sort of reading of of, of the like i can't even try- imagine trying to actually make that yeah like a true movie like a true well, to the i book. mean have you seen jodorowsky's dune no i've uh, no so Jodorowsky's Dune is literally an entire documentary, like a feature-length yeah. documentary about another guy who tried to make the movie Dune but didn't finish it. Like Dune is the kind of thing that like if you try to make a movie of it, 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 will it just consumes your you life. Trying yeah, to. yeah. Yeah, he like, I, I he tried to raise his son to be Paul and like trained him in martial arts oh for like God. 12 years and stuff. I, I got to get him to I got to get my husband to watch this cuz he's like a Dune fanatic, but but I I was like you had suggested it, so I put it on and he's like, "Wait, this isn't actually a Dune movie. Turn <laughs> it off." And I was like, "Oh, okay." But yeah. Yeah. So, I don't want to see a movie about trying to make the movie. It gets me when you've made the movie. Well, so part of the thing with the movie is like it traces how like this movie that never got made yeah. basically structures science fiction as we know it in film. Oh. Like even though it never actually got made, like all of the aesthetics in the Dune movie that did get made yeah. were kind of like taken 
from this movie that didn't get made. Oh my gosh. Okay. In like a whole bunch of different ways. But like, anyway. All right. So it's very steampunky, the this version. Yeah. Of, we were confused yeah. because it predates steampunk by like a lot. Yeah. It's, and it, yeah, but it's like super steampunk. So mm. part of the, the Dune universe is, is like, they don't really need, uh, well, they're not allowed to have computers, you know, um, the technology is kind of, you know, it's, it's weird because you have this thing called the spice, right? The spice, the spice, and it allows you to fold space and you can travel without movement. It kind of lets you do everything. It, yeah, it you can you see it, the future. Yeah, you expands can your consciousness. Space, it makes you live extends longer. life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it does. It, it's it's sort of like you know, I've I've heard some people argue. I would never enter this argument uh, because Dune people who like Dune are fanatics. So I'm not having this argument. I'm just bringing up things that I may have heard fourth or fifth hand. Some people argue that the Dune universe isn't actually sci-fi because the spice is just so magical. Right? Like, it's just, it's so, it's, that you know. That is so bogus. Yeah. I, Sorry. I, I don't want to get in. There we go. But uh, this is, yeah, you know, so. I'm, I'm waiting on that. That's some so people bogus. bring that up, you know? Anyway. Uh, yeah, because there's not a lot of hard science in this. But, you know, science fiction doesn't have to all be hard science. It's true. Like, science, to me, science fiction is about asking, like, really big questions. Like, yeah. what if you had this, like, really weird secret eugenics program that lasted for tens of thousands of years and created the universe's yes. super being. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, the big questions. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we open up with a giant floating princess Irulan head. Yeah. And she just talks and talks and talks. Yeah. And we are like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Like right. you're explaining how the universe works, et cetera, et cetera. And then she, this is my favorite part, maybe of the whole movie. She fades out and then she fades back in <laughs> saying, Oh, yes. I forgot to tell you. And then does way more exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know what that was about. Like, the first ten minutes of the movie are just, like, Irulan, just, like, kind of explaining Trying to make sense of of, of this. Trying to make it make sense for you and failing utterly. With, like, hilarious cartoony graphics. Yeah. And so we have, like, these three main planets, right, that that are sort of, like, uh, at the center of this this particular story. So we have Caladan, where you have House Atreides. And you have um, Giddy Prime, where, you know, you have House Harkonnen. And then the Emperor of the Universe, with his golden everything, because if you're going to be Emperor of the Universe, you might as well have golden everything, is on a planet... uh, uh, Kaitan. Um, and you have the guild, right? And these are the people that, that the, you know, the navigators and everything, these are the ones who control the spice, the movement of the spice. Uh, the navigators use it to to fold time and, and move everything around. Without which the universe, you know, the bureaucracy of the universe would, would come to a grinding halt. Yeah. There would just, like, there would be no empire. Yeah, basically because they have, like, no technology, they rely on the spice for transport entirely. Yeah. yeah. So know, they like, couldn't spice do anything. Is their basic entire transportation infrastructure. So like there is no empire of the universe if they can't get from planet to planet. It's like petroleum right now. Whoa. Right? Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Was that a subtle metaphor I see? No, it was totally not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> right. So just remember that. Okay. Yeah. So spice the whole, like... the whole thing with the, like the emperor in particular is the spice must flow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The spice must flow. At whatever cost, it doesn't yeah. matter. And so, because of that, because it's so important, all of these sort of, um, you know, this this culture has arisen around it. And and depending on who controls it, right? It, it's 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 all about power, right? It's like, uh, what did what does Paul say later? He's like, he he, he could who can destroy it controls it. Yeah. Or he who can destroy a thing controls a thing, right? So whoever's in charge of the spice or has more access to it is of course more powerful. So you've got all these like, you know, machinations going on between these different houses, right? It's very it's very European. 
yeah. in that and, sense. And it's, it's also still very much within that, like, kind of weird, like, monarchy. Yes. You know, like, you have dukes, you have barons, yeah, you have yeah. the emperor, you have people, like, wanting to ascend to the throne, you have, right. like, you know, they all her- inherit the titles, right. like, all this, you know, and it, when There's... you actually look at the world, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. Right. But it's fine because then you have the Fremen who are like totally different. Different. Yeah, but are they're they really the other. That different? No, that's a thing. It's, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so okay, it, it opens up on the planet Kai Tang. There's machinations going on. Everything's gold. The floors are teal. There's like five billion bulldogs. This movie has a ton of bulldogs for some reason. I don't like. I, it's something that like you don't notice it until you've watched it. Yeah. A lot like of what's with the damn bulldogs? Yeah. yeah I don't but know. there they are. Uh, yeah. Um, I okay. What I really like about this is okay. So you have the the Bene Gesserit, who are these these women who is you know we we're alluding to before have this ninety generation you know long eugenics program basically to try to con- try to birth the the ultimate being, but you know along the way they've they've managed to learn all of these like mind tricks and and things like this right. So they're they're basically you know they get called witches and whatnot, but they're basically like. Yeah, they have badasses. like yeah, badass magical women. Yeah, um, they can like read minds and like tell you what to do with their voices and yeah, kill you with their pinky and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she's there with uh, you've you've got was that the Reverend Mother that was with him? Yeah, yeah. She's like the number one Reverend right. Mother. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So she's yeah exactly the 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 like ultimate Reverend Mother, and so she's she's there with the Emperor and uh, and then this 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 huge sort of like tank comes in. It's like a it's like a black train car. Oh my god. I wrote train car too. Right? It totally Whoa. looks like a train car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's but like steampunk. Big. Yeah. Steampunky. Yeah. And so it's being like, you know, accompanied by all these guys. And in, in this movie, so the aesthetic here is like, they, you know, they're all bald. Uh, and, and, you know, they're speaking, blah, 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 but they, it translates through this cool, like steampunky, like microphone thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, and so, it, like, they're talking to the Emperor, and he's being kind of, like, belliged to the Emperor, like, really belligerent, yeah. and the Emperor's like, oh, okay, whatever, and then they open up this tank, and it opens up to this big, nasty, like, fetus whale. Yeah, look, yeah, fetus whale, I like that. It kind of looks like a brain, too. Yeah. Right? Like a brain, but With it's, little it's like, arms, vestigial arms. Yeah, so it's like a human, and this is, like, the guild And a very David so Lynch is... mouse, right? Really <laughs> anal mouse. Like, yeah, oh David Lynch God. and his, wow. like, yeah. Yeah, that's, Freud would have something to say about yeah, that, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is but this is a basically yeah, and this is basically like a, a human yeah. that has been that has been just like you know immersed in spice gas right, for like horribly long. mutated for yeah that's that's sort of like the the future of humanity basically yeah and so this this nasty like fetus whale enjoy your navigator. vestigial arms yeah <laughs> flapping them around <laughs> I really wanted him to wave at the emperor like, hey. <laughs> like yeah but he's but he's down to he's down to business oh yeah mad. like you are transparent I see plans within plans. I see two great houses, uh, House Atreides, House Arconan. You must share with us. Yeah. Like, he's giving orders to the Emperor. Yeah. But that whole thing, plans within plans, like, boom, that's Dune. Plans yeah. within plans. Like, you read Dune the first time, and, and you're like, okay. And then you read it the second time, you're like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't notice that going on. And then you read it the third time, you're like, what am I missing now? Because obviously I'm missing <laughs> something. Plans within plans, man. How many times have you read Dune? Uh, only, like, three or four and, and kind of like, hey, baby. Oh, it's okay. I'll read it more, I promise. I swear to God, I will read it more times than that. The baby's like, I need you to be an expert on Dune by the right. time I start to read. Yeah, yeah. I need you to explain to me all the plans within plans. You should probably just start reading it to her. I see two great houses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so the, uh, you know, this, this 
navigator is saying, you know, we know that the Atreides are building a secret army um, using this sound technique. And so they introduce this like weird thing in the movie um, that's it's not in the book. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just stupid with this like weirdling things that they talk through that are weapons. Yeah, and they, like, explode stuff with it. It, It's like, it doesn't happen in the books at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know why they decided to bring it in. Like, I guess it's kind of like an easy, convenient, and efficient way to explain what's going on, I guess. guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's cheesy. I think maybe, yeah, I think it's, I think it just works visually better than, like, trying to explain the weirdling way. Yeah. I guess part of it, too, like, I don't know. This scene, like, is kind of basically, like, the, the Emperor's ultimately in the service of the spacing guild yeah which is kind of like you know if they're going to be corporations yes. in the universe of dune like the spacing guild is the ultimate corporation right right he's got they he's, have the he, monopoly on transport yeah he's got the political power but he's at yeah. yeah he's at the mercy of the people who control the resources that allow his empire to exist yeah. right like oil corporations <gasps> wait was that a subtle, subtle metaphor, metaphor? <laughs> yeah uh okay what else so uh the guild navigator sees a slight problem because these guild navigators, because they're immersed in the spice so much, they kind of have some of these powers where they can see the future, et cetera, et cetera. And so they see that there's actually a slight problem. And the problem is Paul Atreides. Now, Paul Atreides is the son of the Duke of Caladan, Leto. And the spacing navigator basically orders the emperor to have Paul killed. Yeah, he needs to have him killed. Uh, and, and so... Yeah, they, they know they have to they have to get him on Caladan. So the Bene Gesserit who is who is kicked out, right? She's spying on them with her like mind powers and she's like, Oh, Paul is important. We gotta go check him out on Caladan, right? So she sends her sisters and uh, yeah, they, they gotta go check out Paul. What's yeah. up with Paul? So the thing is is that Paul shouldn't exist. Because yep. the the way that this breeding program works is that it's these Bene Gesserit women um, only only have female children right and they only breed with the lines that they're told to right it's a breeding program like it's really hardcore right and and so uh the lady jessica who is the the you know the concubine of duke leto of house atreides she went against that she she didn't have her little girl she had a boy because the duke really wanted a boy yeah and that was just like you just don't do that man 90 generation generations of breeding and you just like go in like mess it up yeah like what's up What's up with that? What's up with that? Willful women. Yeah. She's, she's too willful and badass even for the Bene Gesserit. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it switches. You get Caladan and all it is, is like, it's always raining on Caladan. Yeah. Caladan is super, it's, it's a watery planet. It's basically Atlantis. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, that's all you ever see. Um, and so you learn Jessica was supposed to give birth to only daughters and then it cuts to this son that she was never supposed to have. Who's Kyle McLaughlin, Paul Atreides. Right. Who has nothing to do with Justin Trudeau. Yeah, and he's on his shitty futuristic Wikipedia. Yeah, I was I was saying he's using a shitty futuristic iPad. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. He's just like he's just like searching around. He's like spice mining, and then he like presses this like knob, and the knob like swings over spice mining, Mm -hmm. the act by which spice is extracted. Worms always come to spice mining. Arrakis, desert planet, home of spice. (laughs) Baron Harkonnen has sworn to destroy House Atreides and steal the ducal signet ring for himself. And you're like, this is the crappiest iPad I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the 80s, man. Whatever. Yeah, I guess it's like a steampunk iPad. You figure a lot. There you go. You know? Yeah. And... So he's like studying away... You know, like, it looks like one of those leapfrog things. It does, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so cute. So he's, like, doing the leapfrog program. And then Dr. Yui, uh, Gurney Halleck, Thufur Howitt, 
um, all come in the room. Right. So, okay, so you have these mentats, right? And these are these are human computers, right? Because we're, again, not, not a lot of technology. So a lot of this is done through human minds, expanding yeah. consciousness through various drugs or the spice. Yeah. Okay, so you have the mentats who, like, who are able to sort of, like, speed up their, their computational abilities. They're really intelligent. They can calculate all sorts of things. Um, and, and Patrick Stewart. Gurney. Yeah. He's oh. like, he's kind of like a warrior poet. He carries this like huge, like sitar looking thing. Yes. Uh, he is exactly a warrior poet. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah. And like, if you're going to have a warrior poet, it's obviously it's Patrick gotta Stewart. It's got to be Patrick Stewart. It's funny because he can be both venerable and sexy kick ass, you know, at the same time. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird. But like, he's managed to do that. Like this movie was made in 1984. Yeah. And like, when you look at him now, he's yeah. still he, that. This he looks like, the how same. Old ago, like, well, how long ago was that? Like 30, 35 <laughs> years or something? That? I don't know. You were probably born in the eighties. So whatever. I was. I was born before this movie was made. So I don't know. Anything before that is like the mists of the far past. There you go. But anyway, Patrick Stewart's still so Oh, yeah. Sexy. Smoking. Smoking. And bald, but sexy. I know. And like ageless. And sexy. I know. And his jaw. And sexy. Uh, we both decided right. that we need to lose our double chin so we can be more like Patrick Stewart. Right. Patrick Stewart doesn't have a double chin, so I mean, neither can we. Yeah. We have to get Yeah. Also, his enunciation is really good. Anyway. Um, so one of his great lines uh, in this movie is... So they walk in, uh, and Kamal Glockland, Paul Atreides, has his back to the door, and they give him shit for it. You know, like, you're a Duke's son, like, we trained you better than this, don't sit with your back to the door. And he's kind of like, oh, well, whatever, like, I don't really care. And then Patrick Stewart challenges him to a knife fight. Yeah. Which seems to be kind of normal in his life mm -hmm. as a young man. Being trained. Being of trained. Of course, he's got to learn his weapons. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you know, Patrick Stewart, I'm not really in the mood. And Patrick Stewart said... Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. <laughs> Guard yourself. Like like, cattle and love play. I know. <laughs> Mood, get it? Yeah, yeah. So fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, pun, Patrick Stewart. Whew. I really hope he ad lived that. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and so then he's he's got the the, the 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 graphics are so funny. So they put yeah. on these these shields, right? These like these I don't know, whatever. Anyway. And they just look like these, like... Box people. Minecraft people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're and, fighting. And then they're fighting, and, like, every time their shields touch, there's, like, sparks, so it's like... Psh, psh, psh. <laughs> and then, uh, so they fight, and, like, honestly, the funniest part is how they look. It's like, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it they, just looks funny. They both, like, it becomes clear that Paul Atreides is a pretty good fighter. Yeah. Uh, it's all fine. Um, He's the wonder boy. That's the thing, is Paul yeah. Atreides is the wonder boy. Oh, totally. Like, I guess everybody's favorite. I, I both love and hate this book and movie yeah because of paul yeah i both love and hate paul i mean paul just the fact i kind of like hate paul, paul in later books just becomes such a tyrant uh yeah. and it's like so wild and like all this shit about the golden path anyway yeah, we won't yeah, get yeah. into it okay. we won't get into the golden path but so they're also talking about the fremen who are the people who live on arrakis mm -hmm. um and they say you know they don't know much about them but they have blue within blue eyes from the spice right so arrakis is the only place that the spice can be is like that's where it comes from um, and the, the inhabitants of this world who you think might be indigenous peoples, but are not, uh, but sort of are, but sort of are because, you know, like whatever, does it really matter who came first? Yes, oh, yes of course it does. A little bit. Soul trained. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're back. We're, we're still in Caledon and Lady Jessica in my favorite scene of the entire movie, the one that stuck with me the most as, as a kid, besides the pustules, Wait, wait, the good one. Did wait? Did you did you skip past the fighting robot? 
Yeah, like, whatever. Oh, okay. So Chelsea was like, I don't really care about any of this. All I care about is the Fremen. And so she just, like, didn't. Okay, she, right. I, Didn't you fall asleep for a part of it? I didn't. I, it, I, I looked over and you kind of looked like well, you were no, sleeping. Well, no, it's just, and I, I, like, I was moisturizing my eyeballs. With your eyelids? Yeah, I had to close them for a little bit because they were getting dried out. Mm. And so I just, I would just, like, close them with a baby on me. Because the baby was strapped to me the entire time I was watching this. And, yeah, I just, like, slid my eyelids down. Yeah. Uh, in a downward motion. Yeah. Uh, not sleep. Totally not no, sleep. No, no. Meditation. Deep meditation. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. Okay. We can skip the. We can skip the fighting robot. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go to it was Lady like Jessica's really awesome infrastructure. And, like, cool and phallic, like everything in this movie. I know, but we're right. already at like twenty-seven minutes. So, oh. like, yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. There was a fighting robot. It's okay. Fine. Fighting robot. Okay. Lady Jessica. She's in the rain, and she has the best. Yeah. Cloak oh my god. Thing. It's got fur and it's got infrastructure because like the the hood is is like probably like half a foot above her head and 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 probably and half like a foot on either side. Huge. Yeah. Like just like you could put like six babies in there. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like so it just stands up and makes her look awesome and like nothing can touch her. Yeah. It's like a cave. I want. I want that. I like. I, like Nothing could ever get in there. No, it's at it's all. wonderful. Like, especially you know with glasses, like you put on a hood, and uh, like yeah. even if the hood covers you, like yeah. sometimes your glasses touch the edge of the hood, and then you're just dripping onto yes. your cheeks, and it's like, no, like no, this is the, this is the cloak that you need, so that doesn't yeah. happen. The lady like, Jessica cloak. Clammy cheeks are a thing of the past oh, in man. this future past, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Uh, she's wearing a great hood and she goes out to like this kind of like back gate that's obviously not the main front gate which is probably very splendorous and she opens the door and it's Gaius Helen Mohim mm. this ultimate reverend mother she's like scary she withers she's you totally scary yeah so they have come to uh, you know I don't know they, they, they come and they harangue her for having a boy and all this stuff and you know they Anyway, we can't get... Oh, I want to get into it, but we can't get into it. So whatever. Okay. Anyway, they've come to test the boy, basically. Yeah. You know, and and, and just make sure that, you know, just kind of trying to see what he is. Yeah, like like what his potential is like. Exactly, exactly. And this is the the Gom Jabbar moment. Yeah. Uh, So... Um, they are, they're talking in Paul's room, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Uh, and he's like, they're sleeping. Uh, and she's saying, you know, like she's kind of reading the future a little bit for Jessica saying yeah. like for the father, there's nothing like, did you really think you could bear the Kwisak's Hatterack? The universe is super being like, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I'll accept, you know, I'll accept all responsibility for this. And she's like, I don't think you're ready for this future that you've created. Yeah. And Jessica's like, oh, well shit. And then Paul wakes up hearing that his father like yeah. essentially has no future. Um, but you know, uh, Mohim's very, you know, whatever it is, like, man, she's, she's very practical. And, she's like, yeah, she's oh. like, I'm not telling you we're doing this gum jabbar box thing. Yeah. Yeah. So prep yourself. Right. So she takes, she takes Paul and, and it's very clear that he could die from this. Right. Jessica's totally flipping out, but she, she has to let it happen. Mm. So, uh, you know, she, she has him there, uh, and she has this box and she's like, you got to put your, you put your hand in there. Right. Oh, and by the way, she has like so these Ben and Jessrites, They have a they have a voice, right? That they can use to like just override any consent, which is you know kind of creepy. And yeah. they they can just make you do what they want. So she tries to use it on him, and I mean it works, but he's kind of like oh, you know I, I I can resist better than most, right? Yeah. But uh, but he can't resist this, so he has to he has to put his hand in this thing, and uh, and she's got the Gom Jabbar, which is like this needle pressed against his neck, right? If she touches him with it, he's gonna die. 
Yeah. So he puts his hand in there. He's like, what's in there? And she's like, pain. Pain. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This is where shit gets really real. Yeah. So uh, the gum jabar, the idea of the gum jabar is that it kills only animals. Right. And that if you're a real human, then your awareness of your own, you know, self and body might be powerful enough to counteract and control your instincts. And that's what makes you a human. Right. And so no man has ever been tested with this box. Right. Like, it's just women. Yeah. That, that's what we mean. Not no, no human, but yeah, yeah. No man. Yeah. So uh, basically she kind of like starts whispering to him like, first you'll feel a tingling, then you'll feel heat, then you'll feel burning. And then like all of a sudden, like you get this vision of his hand resting yeah. in his box, like smoking. Yeah, and, and then, like, ooh, yeah, and then it's the all flesh gross. is searing and blood's pouring out. Don't and... let your kids watch this. This totally scarred me as a kid. Yeah, it's Ugh. really gross. Yeah. And then, you know, he's doing the, like, I must not fear, fears the mind yeah. killer, fears the little death, like the really famous yeah, yeah, yeah. Dune line. Yeah. And it's, like, awesome. Um, the hand burning goes on and on and yeah. on. And the baby did not like the hand burning, so she just, like, kept asleep for the whole thing. Yeah. She was not into it. Yeah, totally. But, uh, okay, so oh, that, 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 that whole thing about, like, so, you know, the difference between being human and, and an animal, right? Yeah. Okay, that, that bugs me, I gotta say. That, that whole thing, that whole division between animals and humans, is it comes from a, a very Eurocentric view oh, of, totally. like, you know, you, you can't be instinctual, you have to overcome that, you have to control your instinct. Yeah, this whole, and, like, rationality. Right, yeah. and, and what do you control that instinct for? Well, look at the, the society that has sprung up out of that idea, right? You've got like this 90 generation eugenics program. You've got like plans within plans, all these like, like the, you know, if, if we're looking like this is, this is like vastly far into the future and socially are things really very good? Like, no, they're no. terrible. This is the thing with, this it's is like the thing the that really feudalism, gets me about space feudalism. Is like, there's these massive like giant social programs to ha- create the universe as super being, but basically everything else around these programs is actually horrible. Yeah, everything else sucks for everyone like, else. Actually, billions of people die. Like, not yeah. to get too far into it, but like ha- basically like half the universe at this point is completely addicted to the spice. Yeah, and their bodies actually rely on it. Yeah. So like when we talk about you know like Paul disrupting spice production and stuff, like just results billions in, yeah. of people just die yeah 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 <laughs> so it's a really like uh dystopian future mm-hmm. like definitely dune is not like dune is not the future that i want ever ever you know it's 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 really interesting but it's horrific yeah so yeah so and part of that is like taking all these like young people and kids and putting their hands in boxes and yeah. then burning them up right. <laughs> right and then of course like afterwards you know he passes this test and yeah. she tells him to pull his hand out of the box and his hand's totally fine and she's like no woman child has ever withstood so much and i'm just and like, we were both Bleh. just like scoffing we were like as if yeah as if some guy has the you know has a higher pain tolerance than women but of course he's the wonder boy yeah you know he's not just he's not just you know paul atreides he's he's special he's special he is the ultimate being all right so um and then she tells him about the quizette's hatterack though which is interesting she kind of like plants that idea in his mind yes that he might be yeah or that yeah like i don't know why she'd do that he's clearly kind of a shit yeah 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 (laughs) don't stroke that dude's ego anymore Uh, well there's all all sorts of reasons she does that yeah i guess okay plans within plans yes the harkonnen okay so you you now you see the harkonnen and they're just like the harkonnen are outrageous you know there's no one better than the harkonnen there's you know they're just like they're ridiculous they're just just so so over the top bad so evil they 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 kick puppies and you know like oh they do way worse things yeah i know you know (laughs) they really do 
It's it's outrageous. They they install heart plugs in everybody that like works for them or yeah. everybody who's Arconin so that like they can pull just pull this pull heart plug at any yeah. time and yeah, yeah. kill people. And, um, and Baron Harkonnen, like in the book too, is 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 just described just so disgustingly, right? Like yeah. he's massively obese, and he has these uh, suspender hooks in his flesh that sort of allow him to like not you know be crushed by his own weight. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, he like he he floats around in this thing like like a pustulant balloon, and yeah. pustulant I mean that because in in the movie he's just like his face is just covered in yeah, sores. Like he's got these huge like weeping boils oh, all yeah. over like his face and his head and his neck that he needs to be constantly tended like by this doctor yeah. who's like really creepy and is like yeah. I love all of your diseases uh. my baron I love them mm. so he, he can't he can't just be these people can't just be bad and evil they have to be like physically disgusting and like in every possible way you just have to be like totally you know like you have to feel revulsion for them so it's yeah. really over the top like, yeah there's like just in case you weren't sure Conan's <laughs> like so much of this movie or so much of the book I should say is like very subtle Yes. Like, in the, in the way that it discusses, like, what it talks about. But, yeah. like, the movie... Is totally not subtle at it's all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. as things go through, like, the Harkonnens never become subtle people. Like, they're yeah. always just outrageous. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the thing is, is if that were if that were the case, they wouldn't actually be as powerful as they are. Yeah. You know? So, in the book, I, I, I enjoy... I enjoy the subtlety of the book a lot more. Although, you know, some people find it a bit slow. I got to admit, when you when you first start reading Dune, it can seem a bit slow. But mm. get past that, and yeah, you'll, yeah, you're all good. So when you go on to get it, or Giddy Prime, uh, it opens up with Mentat Peter Devries, who's kind of like the evil Mentat. Like Kufur Hara yeah. is like the good Mentat. Peter Devries is the evil Mentat, and Peter is actually like addicted to i think it's it's either the spice or the juice that they have to drink to get their mental powers yeah, I think it's the juice. so yeah. he's like basically this kind of like shaking useless addict in a lot of ways um and it's like also like very weird and problematic he's really really evil and so he's introduced and he kind of brings the baron this message saying that the duke Lido atreides is not accepting vent like the completion of like this vendetta they call it canley oh yeah like, it still stands right and, and we didn't really explain because we just figured you'd know <laughs> that uh harkonnen have been they they've been uh they were given sort of like the uh the the job of extracting the spice on dune on arrakis uh and now they're being moved so that atreides is going to take over but the emperor has has um sort of set up a situation where he's going to help uh, Harkonnen's coming back in and take their, you know, take out the Atreides, you know. Yeah. So it, it's all this kind of crap. So, so yeah. And and there, these are also two feuding houses. They've mm-hmm. really not been getting along for reasons we're not going to get into. And and so yeah. So you know, there's sort of like this like fake uh, attempt to to have some peace. And Duke Leto's like, no. Yeah, Duke Leto's like, no way. You still suck. Yeah. Um. And so then you're introduced to um the Baron's two nephews, yeah. Fade and Raban. Yeah. And so Raban is kind of like similar to the Duke. He's kind of like disgusting, um, evil. Like he literally crushes this little animal in like a juice box yeah, that's and a- then drinks its blood. <laughs> yeah. Like this live animal. It's really weird. Yeah. And then Fade is Sting. Sting. And he's obviously the hot one of the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like really skinny. He's got his hair done up all kind of like punk. He's like, <laughs> all like radiant looking and shiny and like clearly the favorite yeah and it's like it just is gross and creepy honestly he's wearing this like they're all wearing these weird leather jumpsuits yes it's it's all strange yeah it fits into that whole aesthetic too yeah all right so whatever 
I don't know. Do they, they, well, they do, they do introduce the idea that, like, they, the Harkonnens, have somebody who's working for them that's in the Duke's house, right. who's close to the Duke. Yeah, they have a traitor. Yeah. Yes. And so then uh, the Baron is so excited about this that he flies up, he pours oil all over himself, oh, and he yes. flies around, and there's this, like, young, kind of, like, boy who's, like, planting flowers or whatever, and then he grabs the boy, pulls out his heart plug, and bathes in his blood. Bathes in his blood, yeah. and then he's, like, laughing, and everybody's like, yay, you're the best. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, it's just so bad. Oh, it's so it's outrageous. It's so bad. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, or, okay, so then we also flash to this seer on Arrakis. Uh, she's got that blue, blue, blue eyes of, of the Fremen. And, uh, you know, she's she's reciting part of this prophecy that the Fremen have mm-hmm. um, about how, you know, this, this person's going to come and bring jihad and cleanse the world yeah. uh, and bring us out of darkness. And, yeah, so some seriously problematic things with Orientalism, uh, that Herbert had like this whole thing yeah. is like Lawrence of Lawrence of Arabia in space like a lot of this really is yeah um, so that you know like I just I think like I don't know when Dune came out maybe people weren't familiar with some of these words like jihad and stuff like it's so familiar to us now post 9-11 mm-hmm. but um, you know but I, I, I think like you know when I was younger I I wouldn't have recognized that word you know, so maybe like, I think a lot of writers back, you know, back then they would just like, they'd be like, Hey, I'm going to pick a culture and I'm going to just like take some random words from oh, it, totally. you know? And like, that's actually, that's like one of the problematic things about the history of science fiction. Yeah. You know, like that's also how Ursula K. Le Guin started, yes. right? Like her parents were both anthropologists. Right, right, right. And you see it a lot when you read some of the old stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, wait, that's like, those are real people, you know? Yeah. You're, you're totally just writing about these people. Yeah. Except in space and insultingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of lazy, you know. Yeah. They just like pick an existing culture, usually like you know one that's considered exotic, and use terms from their language, and and yeah, just repli- they don't even bother to like come up with with a like a new societal structure or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they just see it through their own their own lens and interpret it you know in science fiction yeah so that's something that's always bugged me like i, I really like dune but that always gets me i'm like i, I consider that really lazy I mean, I writing think it's, it's one of those things with dune it's like so much of dune is like so like you just can't agree with it at yeah. all you yeah know, yeah like, the whole thing is basically about eugenics why do we like it so the much whole it's just really well written but it's, well it's really well written the other thing that i really like that it does is it really talks about the role of religion and colonization yeah yeah. Right. Like, oh yeah. That's, that's the thing that I remember when I was reading it is like, I was like, wow. Like the whole thing with the prophecy and the Kwisak Tatarak yeah. and the way that those ideas are spread is like yeah, fully yeah. in the service of colonialism in the ways that like the Bene Gesserit like spread and then maintain power. Like yeah, it was really true. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so th- they all, you know, they being uh, Paul, Leto and Jessica, as well as like our another random bulldog, um, make it to Arrakis after a super psychedelic space folding scene. Yes. Uh, which, you know, if, if you're going to watch the movie, just watch, <laughs> just it, watch for it for that space folding it's scene. Yeah. so psychedelic. Yeah. Um, and so they get there and they meet Duncan Idaho, who is like super important in the series. Yeah. But like, like in the, in the, the book is like, character. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. I would say like out of, you know, you, you got Paul who's the central, you know, figure, but the most probably one of the most important and interesting characters is Duncan Idaho and his evolution throughout the series. Yeah. Right. So, but in the, in, in the movie, he's there like twice, twice, like for a and couple seconds. And one of them is like for him dying. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, so Duncan, but Duncan Idaho is there. He's been among the Fremen. He's gone native. He's, he's totally gone native. He's all dusty. That's how yeah. you know you've gone native in this movie is like yeah. you're, you're kind of dirty. Right. Yeah. Cause you're in a desert planet. You gotta yeah. be covered in dust. Yeah. And you don't bathe because that's too much water. No, exactly. So, uh, he's realized being among the Fremen and becoming one of them that there's actually way more 
than they originally thought. No one's ever been able to take a census of the Fremen. Right. And they just thought that there were like a couple of them scattered around because Dune's so hard to live on. But he's realized that there's actually vast numbers of them. And that they control Arrakis. Yeah. Which in the books, again, is is something that nobody wants to accept because they're seen as these like just, you know, uh, sort of cultureless people living on a on a barren planet right yeah. like what what could they possibly control there's nothing there mm-hmm. except for the spice and the and the giant worms which are terrifying and horrific and there's no way that these people can deal with that like they just run around and hide from them right yeah. so they're considered to be very primitive um like the Harkonnen specifically have very little, like uh, nothing but contempt for the Fremen at the beginning, right? They just like, they're not even worried about them. They're just, you know, savages. Yeah. Um, and, and so this idea that there would be any value uh, to, to the Fremen or, or any, any um, acknowledgement that they might have any sort of power or, or anything to share at all is just really like um, counter to this whole galactic culture that's, that's arisen. Yeah. Right? Like at best, like, it's transgressive They're, to, to totally. give them any sort of credit. Yeah, totally. But And like part of what makes Leto uh, and Paul such good guys is that they're immediately like, Ooh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, let's think about this. Okay, so you think about that like in, in the sense of colonization, right? So you, Oh, like these guys are the liberals. They're yeah, totally just exactly. liberals. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, maybe these primitive savages do have something to offer us. But like, it's not about, it's not, you know... It, it's not really about uh, valuing their culture or no. anything like that. It's like, it's this just... is a really nice still suit. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so speaking of still suits, um, Paul and Lido go on a spice mining inspection and they're gifted with these Fremen uh, manufactured still suits and still suits are what you wear in the deep desert. And they like, they're so cool. Reclaim all your water, like your perspiration, your urine, your feces, and it kind of like it separates the salt out, and then it purifies the water so you can drink it again. Yeah, and it's like really awesome. It, the still suits are the coolest part, uh, the coolest like technology of this, I find, because yeah. it's like it. This is this is a situation where people have um, created something that allows them to to live, like adapt perfectly to their environment, mm-hmm. right? So it, it it's a heat exchanger. Like everybody who reads Dune just like imagines a still suit, right? Yeah. It's probably not very comfortable. But it's yeah, wicked. You probably have to have a tube up your butt. Yeah. We were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. We not... talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they get it. Nevertheless, very cool. Right. And then, and, and so Duke Leto uh, has to be shown how to wear it. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really know. Uh, but Paul just knows. Yeah. Just knows. Ooh. And then the guy who's like working with him, uh, Liet Kynes, uh, is, you know, he's amazed and he says, he quotes this prophecy, they shall know your ways as if born to them. Yeah. And this is the imperial ecologist. So mm-hmm. this is this is like this is the white guy who's gone native. Like but he's really really gone native. Not like Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho went and scouting, right? Yeah. But this guy has been living among among the Fremen for long enough that he he knows their prophecies and stuff like this. Yeah. And he's developed sort of that contempt for people who are not Fremen, people mm-hmm. who don't know how to live in the planet because really like these these um you know imperial administrators that come are helpless. They don't yeah. know how to live in the planet. They, in fact, the whole point is that they they cannot uh, live on the planet without all of their, you know, they, you know, they bring an insane amount of water with them. Like they just they couldn't go out into the desert; they would die immediately, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the Fremen and this guy, this this guy who's gone native, just like regard them with 
contempt, which is understandable. This is actually one of the things that the movie really fails on because like in the books, so much of the book is like devoted to the culture and the cultural importance of water. Yeah. And like how shocking it is that like the the Atreides bring so much water that they have growing plants in their homes that they have, I think they have like a pool or something that they bathe in a fountain. Like like, it's just like the obscene use of, of, of a resource that is so limited on that planet. Yeah. And it's like, it's actually less about like, the importance of the spice like when you when yeah. they're like looking at the fremen and stuff it's like on dune it's all way, about the water yeah it's way less about the spice like the spice is kind of just this political tool yeah that they use um <laughs> and it's actually more about the water and yeah. what they can do with the water well to the fremen the so. spice isn't that important right so exactly and, and it goes like this goes back to you know uh you know the portuguese and the spanish looking for gold you know that which wasn't very valuable and you know and destroying things that are valuable or you know going after the oil when it's it's literally like polluting the water it's it's killing the animals it's destroying everything that actually gives life so that you can have this commodity that you can sell yeah right and and we're supposed to value that like you know these these primitives they don't value what's really important well no like in this case water is important and you know water is important yeah (laughs) water really is life but it's weird because like there is that tension in the dune books yeah but the movie just totally erases it yeah it's like yeah, the spice. Screw the emperor. Like we're gonna get him. Maybe, like, maybe just they didn't nothing about the think water. that it would be understandable. I don't know. Man. Yeah. Anyway, that was a bummer. But anyway, so they get onto this like super steampunk runabout ship. It's got quilted walls. It's got more of these like old school mics, and they're like flying over stuff. Uh, and meanwhile, then it like kind of like they're on this adventure or whatever, and then it cuts to Yui, and Yui's conducting a bunch of autopsies on these like dead Harkonnens who have been hiding in the castle or whatever. And finds a message in one of their bodies, like, yeah. sewn into the body. Yeah, so those are his instructions. Yeah, and so you learn that he's actually this traitor. And, yeah. But he's not supposed to be able to even be a traitor. He's got what's called imperial conditioning, which means that, like, he's so trustworthy, he could actually be a doctor to the emperor himself. Yeah, yeah. But, like, something's happened. Uh, so now he's, he's obviously this <coughs> traitor. Uh, and then it, like, cuts back to this um, steampunk spaceship, and they're approaching the mining site. And Leto spots a worm approaching. Yeah, and so they warn they warn the uh, the site that's like that's mining the spice, and they're like, "Cool, thanks." Uh, but then they realize like, so what usually happens is like a transport will come along and, and lift up the mining uh, like thing. <laughs> I don't know what what the, the miner the miner. <laughs> yeah, they'll lift it up and, and fly it away out of out of danger away from these giant sandworms, right? Um, but the the transport doesn't get back to them. Maybe it's been captured by the Harkonnen. So Leto decides he's going to go rescue everybody. And and what Dr. Kynes is amazed by is that he doesn't care about the spice. He wants to get all 26 of the workers out. So he, he worries about the human life, right? And again, that's a bit transgressive compared to, you know, other administrations. Like, this idea that he would care about human life at all over the commodity is just like, whoa. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, he's just being a decent guy. He's just doing what he should. But that's like, woo! (laughs) You know, all the cookies for you, Leto. Yeah, like, wow, Leto, you're so great. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, they managed to save everybody. And then you get your first, like real glimpse of the worm yeah like, so like cool. it's huge size and like actually that's something the movie does really yeah. well it's like the worms showing are great. how massive they are yeah. and like so phallic though oh yes so plunging phallic. into the into the desert yes, yes. Shoot, thrusting up yeah. out of the desert to <laughs> totally. like destroy things like it's so outrageous but they're fun to they're fun to look at yeah they are fun and they have you know you can just imagine like getting swallowed up by one and like getting gnashed on its teeth blah, blah. Um, uh, yeah. So going back, Shadow Mapes. Can we talk about the Shadow Mapes? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. so cool. Yeah, she's great. She's the coolest. Uh, she's kind of like introduced um, 
as part of like the household staff. And she introduced herself to Paul later as I'm the shout out to Mapes, the housekeeper. (laughs) So creepy. So, okay. So Paul, Paul, uh, eats some spice and he starts tripping out. Yeah. Whoa. Tripping balls. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in his (laughs) room. like five times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of tripping balls. So he, he, he's in his room and there's this assassination attempt with this little like flying, like hypodermic needle. And, uh, Anyway, so it, it's attracted by movement, and, um, you know, the the thing about this is that he shouldn't be able to catch it. You know, he's got, like, like in the books, he's he's a lot younger than he looks in the, in the movie. Yeah. He's like a kid, right? So he's not supposed to have these reflexes that he does. He's not supposed to be such a good warrior, but he is. He's, like, mm-hmm. the ultimate being. So uh, he, he, he grabs it before uh, it, 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 like, sticks itself into the Shadow Mapes, because she opens the door, and that attracts this thing. And so she warns him that there's a traitor in the house, Right. And also more importantly, she's like, you know, she identifies herself as a Fremen. She's like, you saved my life. Um, you know, now I owe you my life. So yeah. it's like this, you know, ooh, we have this, like this, this thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not about loyalty. It's not about this. It's like, you've done this thing for me now, you know, now my life is owed to you. Yeah. Like the, we Fremen take our like obligations very seriously. Yeah. Their honor is like, is all. Yeah. So uh, kind of like news of this assassination attempt spreads and um, you know like all of the house's defenses like are doubled the, sh- the house shield that surrounds the house is like up and it's impenetrable we hear um, but then you see a shot of these Harkonnen ships like approaching the planet um, and all of a sudden like very shortly after there's an attack the shadow mapes <laughs> dies in Leto's arms yeah uh, then Leto gets shot with this dart, mm. and you see, obviously, that it's by Yui, who is sabotage the shield generators, which means that these Harkonnens they can, can get in, get now. in. Yeah. and they do, and they're all wearing, like, black leather hazmat yeah. suits. It, well, yeah, hazmat suits kind of reminded me of, like, welding, a welding helmet, yeah. too, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they, they're dressed, like, totally ridiculously, um, but it's kind of, like, suggested that, like, the reason that they're fighting and the reason, because they're really strong and they, like, throw, like, all these you know, Atreides guys like off of them who pile on and stuff like this. So it's kind of suggested that maybe they're being drugged yeah, or something like that, or they've been, you know, mutated or, right. or something. something. But, uh, yeah. They're, they overwhelm the house. Um, and, yeah. And so Dr. Yui has, has basically, he's done this, uh, his conditioning was overcome and he, but he, he still wants revenge. He realizes mm-hmm. that the Duke Harkonnen is going to gloat, uh, over capturing Leto and he's gonna get really close so he, so he gives uh, the Duke a poison tooth he's like remember when you see him when he gets close remember the tooth bite down on it and, and exhale forcefully and you know you'll you'll poison the Duke you'll kill him and it all has something to do with like uh, you know uh, the doctor's wife we don't know like is she dead or they were they holding her hostage so he had to do this right mm-hmm. and he says in return uh, if you do this if you kill him uh, I'm gonna save Paul and Jessica. I'm gonna I'm gonna save your your wife and your son, and and so yeah, that that all happened. So the Harkonnen attack, um, we got, uh, you know, he 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 sees Paul Paul and Jessica, um, and he's like, okay, like they're they're gonna just throw them into the desert where they can be eaten by a worm. You know? Yeah, why not? Yeah, get rid of the evidence. Yeah, seems seems like a thing. Um, so Paul and Jessica are are captured and trapped. And they're they're kind of like going off, um, and then of course the Baron and Peter de Ries swoop in to kind of gloat over the Duke, who's like essentially been poisoned and is very slowly dying. Yeah. Uh, so he's at their mercy. Uh, but the Ducal signet ring is not on his hand. Like this is kind of the Baron's ultimate goal to get that ring um, to like I don't know prove 
his dominance or whatever. Yeah. Probably for some super ridiculous evil reason. Um, and then they're both kind of like, you know, Leto's like disoriented. He's kind of like hallucinating a little bit. And they're both kind of like leaning over because he's crying. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And then the Baron gets kind of like freaked out. Like, why is he crying? And he backs off and Piter leans over. And Leto sees him but thinks that he's the Baron. So bites down on this tooth and kills Piter to reason. Kills the, the wrong guy. Yeah. And Harkonnen survives. Sucky. Yeah, totally sucky. So the Baron obviously is thrilled to be alive and then just puts Raban in charge. And Raban eventually gets known, gets to be known as the Beast. The Beast. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, um, Paul and Jessica, they they take over the transport that, that you know, they're in, that they're captured in. They take it over. Uh, it's it's crippled. They fly it to a rock in the desert, you know, because the, the, the worms can't come through the rock. So they sort of, like, crash there. Um, and then they have this encounter with, with a worm, and they have to run away from, from the worm to another place. Yeah. Uh, and and then, then they stumble upon all these Fremen. Uh, and Jessica overpowers their leader, Stilgar, and, and that he's amazed by that. He's like, wow, if you can, you can overpower the strongest of us, teach us your way. And uh, Paul runs into Chani, his future love of his life. Um, you know, she's like, I was never going to let you hurt my tribe. Uh, so they're among the Fremen now. Yeah. You know, and, wait, and wait. they've already... Do you hear that? Oh. Wait. Well, oh, yes. Oh, I think it's, I think it's, our, it's our first. Us. Yeah, it's going to be our first dispatches uh, from the future. Okay, great. Excellent. Here it comes. Yeah. Dispatches from the future. Incoming in three, two, one. All right. So. Hi, uh, guys. Hey, it's us again. We're back. Apologies for, I guess... All the dispatches sort of got scrambled, um, so we, we might have had you guys a bit worried or, or and, and or confused. Yeah, or, or both. Um, I know at least for us, uh, you know, we had this really big laser battle just, just a little while ago, and we've just managed to make it back up to the spaceship, but um, our, from our understanding, you know, it sounds like, you know, things got really mixed up there, and people may have been left really, really confused. Um, just to, before we get into that, I just wanted to uh, congratulate you, Chelsea, for having your, your third child back then. Uh, I'm currently nursing um, our, like, uh, 200th child. Uh, so, like, not yours and mine, but, like, we're the same person, so this will be your child. Yeah, so congratulations yeah. to everybody involved. Right, I right. guess. Lots um, of kids. You're going to yeah. have lots and lots of kids. Yeah, so we, we just wanted to, uh, you know, before we kind of move forward, just kind of explain what, what was going on. Right, you, you know? guys are probably super worried about all of that, so let's just, like, let's just let you know what happened. Yeah. Okay, so... Your time. Yeah. What is going on? Well, who are you? 
Searching Samuel de Champlain. It just popped up on the Hudson Bay eBay. But what were you searching for? Uh, colonialist, nice colonialist. Why? Why what? is Samuel de Champlain the nicest colonialist? Cause he's nice. Who says that? Alien technology. Uh, okay. okay. Um, so wait. So why? Why are you here being girl Champlain? Because you are um. Because you are colonialist OC. We're no. not colonialists, we're anti-colonialists. Yes, anti-uncle-colonialists is the same thing, but does it really matter? Um, that's not, that's not exactly... It doesn't matter. Okay, uh, so, right. but, okay, so we're, you, you, yeah, you're upsetting the baby. Um, maybe you could, like, tone it down a little bit. Um, why are you here? Like, again, so we're, you think we're colonialists, and, and how is that going to help you? I need help because I have never colonialized the planet before. My family have sent me here because uh, they said that Earth is the most easiest place to colonialize because it's been colonialized so many times that it should be so easy for a person with skill like me. I um, see. So we're okay. it's like a pity job? Um, we're your pity colonial <laughs> job? <laughs> Wait, so you've come to colonize Earth? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, Wait, hold on. no idea hold how much time second. and effort went into decolonizing. We just finished decolonizing. Yeah. You're you can't, to, you can't come and colonize and recolonize. Again. That's, wow, that's hardcore. Why would you want to do that in the first place? Well, because my father and my mother and my grandfather and my grandma, well, I can tell you their names, but... No, that's what that's not the point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, can pronounce they, it anyway. Yeah. They um, they all colonialized universes. Like um, they colonialized that one. Now my grandfather did that. But wait, if you okay, I I have to know because your names are very interesting. If you were going to colonize our planet, you would rename it. Uh yes. Uh, I already have a great name planned out. Wait, let me find my paper for.
So, yeah, you can hang out in the, the broom closet, which is right next to the laundry room. Yes. Um, and laundry room means the place next to the place where the coolest and most epic colonizers. Do they have labels? We you can, can make, make some. One. We have a label maker. You can totally make one. Okay. Well, if I colonialize this majestic space, I need to rename it the... Um, uh... Yeah. Absolutely. Also, Girl Champlain, I've got to ask you, because I, I noticed it when you came in. If, yeah. If you were a, a um, colonial space alien, uh, is your luscious, beautiful mustache natural? I'm offended that you ask. It is unnatural with some alien sprinkled magic. Alien sprinkle magic? <laughs> it is mustache. Um, you take it um, from this little jar and you sprinkle it all over your face and it makes... A majestic mustache, and then you get the shop to cut it in shape. So I cut it, as you can see, to be two little, two little hearts on the end of my mustache because it's fabulous. So special thanks to. Okay, well, uh, right. so you go hang out, and uh, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Well, thank goodness we didn't die in the laser battle. Yeah. Is it just me, or do our lives just keep getting weirder and weirder? Definitely weirder. So they've now, they're now, or we're now, or they're now, we're now, whatever. We're, no, they. Let's just they. use they. That works. Yeah. Are we othering ourselves? I, maybe. Is okay, it? us in the future are dealing with the encroachment of an alien who has decided to... Be Girl Champlain? Right. To Take. follow in the footsteps of... Uh, of a French colonizer? Man, just when we feel like we got it together, you know? All of a sudden, there's like... I don't know. Settlers coming back with yeah. corn syrup, and then there's alien Aliens, girl champlains. Recolonization, and Ugh. weird sounds, and wow. Wow, it's it's complex. It's hard, it's hard Are being Are sure us. we want to go back? It's complicated. Yeah. But... Whatever. I mean, we get to at this point, now. it's kind of inevitable. We yeah. do go back. That's we true. have gone back. We have will... Have gone back. We will have gone back. We have we will would we have, have will no, have done did subjunctive. Okay. Okay. Toto. Woo! Toto. More Toto. Yes. More guitar solos. Toto. Toto obliges. All right. So we're like over an hour here. So we're sort of gonna yeah. rush through some of the rest of this. You, I mean, you know stuff. it. It's Dune. You know it. You we know, know it. you know it. It's Dune. We know. You've read the book. So <laughs> so we so Naked Sting. Gotta give a mention to Naked Sting. Right. Gotta give a mention to Naked Sting's tree string. With his weird, it, it's like, I don't know, like a feather, a metal feather loin piece. Leather also. Right. Yes. yes. Metal feather leather loin piece. Wow. So, Somebody makes those customs somewhere. <laughs> it just comes out. And shout out to that person. All, all gleaming. Right. So gleaming. The whitest white guy ever yeah. to white ever. Yeah. Yeah. The evilest of the evil gingers. So, Okay. All right, now uh, they're in with the Fremen. Yeah, Paul and Jessica are, and Paul gets his Indian name, man. Oh God, I forgot about that. Usul. Usul. They and they just are like, oh yeah, okay, you're an Indian now. Like, yeah, Indian name. Yeah, Usul. Yeah, yeah. The strength at the base of the pillar. There you go. Good yeah, one. he hardly had to do anything, and then he's like, but you also have to choose your man's name, and uh, and he's like, what do you call the mouse shadow of the second moon? Well, we call that Mwadib. So that's what he is. Mwadib. Whoa, and then he's like, oh, my tripping balls, like, 
yeah. you know, adventures, like, have come true, you know? Like, this is, like, every, yeah, you know, like, early 20-something who dapples in drugs, like, biggest dream. Yeah. Like, it's all actually super true. I'm totally sober right now. Like, I really am the most important person in the whole universe. Oh, so it's okay. interesting because what this what this movie tells you is that if you act really sure of yourself when you, when you get in with the Indians, act really sure of yourself, just, like, walk around really regally, like, you know, very stoic, take yeah. the stotox. And walk around like that because you know Indians respect that, and uh, and and just buy into their spiritual stuff. Like you know, hint that you you have some sort of like uh, deep spirituality as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because that'll vibe with the Indians, mm-hmm. and uh, and be open to like you know giving yourself a name if you need to. You know, have one prepared, something really like that will impress the pants off the natives. Yeah, you know, it also it also helps if you're uh, part of a ninety generations long eugenics program mm-hmm. uh, in which. They've implanted a prophecy among right. the natives so that you can draw on that. So, like, use their mythology <laughs> to assert yourself in that culture. As That's well, right. You know? So, right now, start uh, training your kids to go repeat a prophecy over and over and over again to some uncontacted tribe so that your progeny down the road can come in there and just be like, yo, prophecy here. Yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. I'm just going to happen to do all these things. Yeah. 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 And that's how you get in with the natives. Yeah. It seems complicated, but it's going to be worth it in the end. We really know how to party. So then you you, you find out that the Fremen have been saving up water uh, because Arrakis is super dry. It's a desert planet, but they've been, they have all these caches of water everywhere. And eventually they're going to change the face of Arrakis. Yeah. And as Molly pointed out, it's not even really their idea. Yeah, it's so it's Liet Kynes' dad's idea. Yeah, and he's like the emperor's like first imperial ecologist. Right. So it's like these the Fremen are constantly—they're like, not actors; they are acted upon. Yeah, and acted through. Yeah, like, the Fremen do all of the work. They're the tools. Fremen, yeah, and it's it's like weird. Like the whole thing is just so bizarre, right? It's like. And they're, they're tools in, like, all of these different ways. So it's, mm-hmm. like, part of Kynes has this idea, and so he's going to use the Fremen because he, like, he loves Arrakis, yeah. and he wants to make this change. And right. so, like, they become their, his tools for that. And then, like, they become Paul Atreides' tools right. to and do this Bene- completely other thing. Right. And the Bene Gesserit have been using them for generations yeah. for the spice, the water of life, which is, like, this ritual they go through to become a reverend mother. They drink this poison. They have to be able to transmute it into water in their bodies before it kills them, and that's their, their rite of passage. So they need them for that. And yes, as along that, they've been implanting this this prophecy in them. So they're just yeah. like, whatever culture that they've created has been around the meddling that others have done. So they don't, yeah. do they have a true culture? Not really. It's sort of like, you know? No, yeah, there's there's just like very, you know, <coughs> especially not in the movie. You know, yeah. in the books, there's like some hints of yes. that. But like, it's also not entirely clear because of the way that they've that been they've meddled, meddled with. with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, time passes, I guess. Uh, Chani and Usul uh, get it on. Um, her hair now goes from, like, up and kind of like a badass bun. Right. To, like, all floofy and down in 80s curly, like, big giant hair. And then she kind of, like, loses a lot of her badassery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just sort of, like, the the woman, the chick. Yeah. The, the, you know. Yeah, she ceases to be, like, She's the relegated one who, like, to... is, pulls a knife on him and is, like... I wouldn't have let you hurt my tribe. Yeah. Like, prepare to die. But now she's just the love interest, right? Yeah. It's, it's all about him. And Jessica, uh, when she escaped, she was pregnant uh, with with uh, uh, 
Paul's sister. And she goes through this thing where she, she has to become a reverend mother. Mm -hmm. So while she's pregnant, she drinks the water of life, uh, turns the poison to, to water. But the, the weird thing about this is like this, during this ritual, all of the reverend mothers ever down all of the generations become linked. All of their memories go into the new reverend mother. Mm -hmm. So like, so the baby becomes aware in the womb of these, all these generations of reverend mothers before. So it's, it's like becoming aware in the womb and not just aware of yourself, but like aware, like of, of all these memories yeah, of these old access, women, lifetimes of memories. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the issue of that, of like what that does to the baby, um, you know, of this, of this girl is also really interesting in the books, but in, in the movie, she's just like this weird She's girl. so creepy. Yeah. She's just like hyper creepy. Yeah. So she's born prematurely, Aaliyah. Yeah. And, and yeah, she's like, like. Yes, yeah, so creepy. Like I want, I want little Sackaway to look. I'm gonna dress her up as Aaliyah one one Halloween. Oh my god, that'd yeah. be that would actually be awesome. That would be so cool. And she, because she's like she's baby and she's got like, well she's not a baby, but she's like I don't know. What do you figure she is in the movie? Like six? She, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and she's like missing all these teeth and she's got that like and she's like all like, ba ba ba. Yeah, <laughs> she's freaking it out. My brother's going to kill you and take over the entire empire. Like, <laughs> yeah, whoa. it's so creepy. Calm down, Saint Ellie of the knife. Calm <laughs> yeah. down. It's so great. Um, yeah. So anyway, basically, uh, Paul now. You know, and in the, in the movie, it's definitely not explained very well. Sort of becomes the the leader, the war leader of all of the Fremen, mm -hmm. and the war and, chief. Yeah, the yeah. the war chief exactly, because he's you know he's just like the Fremen couldn't do this thing. They couldn't like they couldn't throw away these these corrupt administrators, these colonial administrators without Paul. They needed an yeah. outsider to come get his Indian name, go through some like spiritual shit, you know, get in with one of the women there, you know, fight fight them, do all these things to b become better than them. Yeah. Right? He's like he's like more Indian than the Indians, mm -hmm. of course. And uh, so he says we will kill until no Harkonnen breathe Arakian air. So they're just like, whoa. They start with the planet, they're gonna kill all of the Harkonnen, and then they're gonna unleash holy jihad across the universe. Across the universe, yeah. But there's one more test that he has oh, to pass. Oh yeah, this is the most important test. In order to lead them, he says, I must conquer Shai Hulud. The Hooray! Worm. Yeah, the giant worm. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, he... And this is this is actually a pretty cool scene. Yeah, so it they, is a great scene. So I they like put it. out a thumper, and a thumper kind of like sends uh, like a percussive vibrations into the sand, and that attracts the worm. And then, of course, he calls the biggest worm ever. Yeah, it's not just like a, a regular worm. No, yeah. Usos call the big ones. Yeah. Says Stilgar, he's like he's a proud dad. <laughs> like <laughs> totally right. Uh, and, and it then, just proves how epic he is. Because imagine yeah. if it was like a little baby worm, like blue, 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 and he's like bloop, bloop. Oh, maybe yeah. It's not the maybe it's not I, the creepy. I've conquered Jai Halud, I guess. <laughs> So, yeah, so he goes up there, and the way that they ride the worms is they basically have this kind of, like, pick, and they go, and they run up behind the worm as it's kind of above the sand, coming towards the thumper, and they wrench open one of its scales, which kind of, like, exposes kind of, like, the soft flesh under the scale. Which is really irritating. Yeah, and so the worm, like, rolls over. To get away from the irritation, as yeah. you would. And so, like, then you hold on as the worm's rolling, and it takes you all the way up onto the top of the worm, yeah. and then you, like, put hooks in it. And you ride that and you worm just ride the crap to Toto. To Toto, yeah. <laughs> like, and so then, like, 20 other Fremen, like, Paul Atreides is, like, up there, like, leashed onto the worm. Yeah. And, like, yeah! Like, woo! Yeah, with his 
class. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, totally. And then, <laughs> like, 20 other farming get on there because it's so huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then they start this, like, massive guerrilla war. Right. So that was his coming-of-age ceremony. He became a true Indian. And, uh, yeah, the guerrilla war. Yeah. So the guerrilla war is, like, kind of awesome. It's, like... The, the whole plan is just to bring spice production to a complete halt. So it's yeah. like, it's literally like a resource war. Right, right. Yeah. So they shut down all the pipelines. Yeah. But in but doing so. Just blowing, blowing Killing them people. Yeah. yeah. Like killing lots of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's like this, this sort of like commando montage to Toto. Mm-hmm. And so over two years they, they attack and they just like completely, yeah, decimate the, the spice production. And, uh, and you know, and then Patrick Stewart you know, Gurney Halleck reunites with Paul. Um, and then all of this is not good for, uh, for the beast Raban, right? The nephew Mm -hmm. of Harkonnen. And so the emperor, he gets another visit from the, uh, the navigators and they're like, dude, you had one job, you had one job. And so the emperor goes to Arrakis to be like, all right, Harkonnens, you sucked. Yeah. Uh, and he brings 50 legions of Sadhukar terror troops, yeah. Uh, which is like not only the entire army, but also the entire reserves. Right. He brings his entire armed forces yeah. to Arrakis. And he says like, this is genocide. This is just going to be the complete wiping out of all life on Arrakis right. so that we can just have this spice. Like, yeah, just it's really on. obvious. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no hiding behind any niceties. It's like, no, this is genocide. Yeah. So Paul hears about this. Uh, and he realizes that he's got to take the water of life. Like his, his prescience, like his ability to see the future and see what he has to do has like kind of gone dark. Yeah. He's realized he has no more future. So the only thing left for him is to take the water of life, which is supposed to be reserved for these reverend mothers, right? No man has taken it and survived. Yeah. So again, he has to once again prove how exceptional he is by transmuting this poison into water. And there's, there's this thing too, uh, throughout the movie, they're talking about what is the relationship between the worms and the spice. And they keep hinting that there is one, but they never really get into it. And the relationship is really important in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever. So he, he takes, he takes the water of life and of course he survives. Yeah. And he survives. And he, the big reveal is that the worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. That's right. So the worms create the spice and are also sort of like created by the spice a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, they have their babies. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a big deal. So he's now, he's like, that's it. He's passed every test that, that would make him, you know, the, the supreme being. Yeah, and but he's even, like, and not only that, but now he's, like, he's both super Indian and super Reverend Mother, kind of, like, supreme being. Yeah, he's taken over and both now, of these, like, cultures, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's the ultimate in this breeding program, but th- they didn't choose him. Mm-hmm. Right? He, yeah, he grasped it for himself. Right. And so that he was an yeah. entrepreneur in that way. Exactly. It's very yeah. individualistic. So yeah, he, he tears himself out of that breeding program. Uh, and 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 then also rules this, you know, the Fremen. Yeah. Uh and the worms, like as he kind of is surviving this and transforming the water of life in his body, all of these worms come out to like pay homage to him. Yeah, that's really like, they annoying. surround they surround him and all of the you know, the Fremen his like uh, Fedukin, um, you know, like warrior guard is like kind of like huddling around and being like, holy crap, why aren't they attacking? Yeah. Uh, but it's because he's just that special. He's just that special. Yeah. This is what every... He's, he's such a special boy. Teenage boy wants to be. And then he wakes up and he yells, Father, the sleeper has awakened! Oh my God. And you're just like, oh, dude, you got to get over your dad issues. Yeah. Like it's Massive time to let this issues. go. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, creepy little... You know, Aaliyah is, is, is sitting there and hissing at uh, at the Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, because uh, the Emperor's come down in his solid gold ship 
to yeah. land on the planet and he's beheaded Raban. Yeah. And he's like, bring in that floating fat man. Yeah. Which like, yeah, just like Harkonnen floats around with his pustules all the time. He's just gross. He's so gross. He's so gross. I so, want one of those floaty things though. Oh uh, yeah. They're cool. Yeah. Okay. But so they bring him in and, uh, and yeah, so she keeps like, she's, she's distracting them while all this other stuff is going on. Basically the, you know, the Sedekar are getting, you know, massacred and, and she, she kills him. Yeah. With wait, wait, no, we need to talk about the, the atomics. Oh uh, yeah. We need to talk about the atomics because, okay, so there's, uh, this thing where basically all of the great houses, they all have stores of atomics, kind of right. like Cold War style, but there's this treaty saying that they're never, ever going to use them. Yes. And this is like really serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Paul decides to use the Atreides store of atomics against the shield wall that the right. emperor has protected himself behind so that they can like get in and basically massacre everybody. Yeah. Um, so... They, they go there. You yeah. Know? Like, this, it's, like, it's not really played out very much in the movie, but, like, in the books, like, this is, like, the ultimate act of savagery. Uh, yes. Yeah, total know, like, violation. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody, it's just, like, even the Harkonnen, the most bestial, terrible, evil house, they wouldn't go there. Yeah. And they, Paul, they, like, Paul went there. Yeah. They but it's, like, like, a righteous years, you fury. Know, yeah. Using this, like, Yui guy to, yeah. as, like, a traitor Because they wouldn't use the They atomics. wouldn't do it, yeah. right? But, like, he goes there. He's just, like, screw it. Like, yeah. So it, it's, like, he throws off, you know, that's the thing, that's the thing, too, about this is, like, his, 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 uh alliance with the Fremen is, is sort of his rejection of civilization, right? He mm-hmm. just goes full primitive with these guys. And, and because he unleashes those primitive savages on the universe, it's just, like, this you know this this holy hell that gets unleashed right but yeah. he, it, it's without any accoutrements of, of civilization yeah um which is insulting on so many levels but whatever you know whatever it's dune it's yeah. fine uh so yeah Aaliyah comes in and kills the baron uh who's her grandfather p.s but yes. like whatever um Hel, uh, guys, Helen Mohim is like, kill this child. She's an abomination. And that kind of like comes into play later because of course all of Paul's children are abominations as yeah. well. And like all this other stuff. Um, and then, you know, Paul comes in and is like, father, today I will avenge your death. Uh, and you know, there's this big giant battle. Baron gets killed. Uh, and then they win. Obviously they win, you yeah. know, fairly easily. Yeah. Like they just kind of overwhelm everybody. But there's uh, one last battle for some reason. Yeah. For some reason, fade. It, it works. It works so much better in the book. It's true. You know, it does. It, the movie is just kind of like an add-on. But it's also just like so. Fade like basically fade and uh, Paul want to go at it with knives. Yeah. Uh, mirroring you know the first fight scene way back in the day. Yeah. But it's also just like this dude is like a renowned guerrilla warrior. He can call giant megafauna worms. Mm-hmm. He can see the future. He can kill using just his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're challenging him to a knife fight? Like, what? What are you, like... It makes more sense on? in the book. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they fight. Uh, obviously, Paul wins. And then he yells at Faith's dead body as it's lying on the <laughs> ground and cracks open the body and cracks open the floor. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of like everybody's, like... I surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, just you're so the guy. Whoa. I surrender. You're the yeah, you're the most special. You're number one. I give up. Yeah. And then he ends it with the phrase, "We Fremen have a saying," and I didn't bother writing the rest because I was like, "Screw this." Like, we Fremen. We, we Fremen. Go away. We. Just go away. And then the movie ends when it starts to rain on Arrakis because Paul has unleashed all of this water. Yeah. So things are going to change dramatically. Arrakis is going to become. A beautiful, lush, whatever, whatever. 
Because it has to change. It can't be the same. Yeah. Like you, because I mean, if you don't have change, something sleeps inside you, seldom to awaken, but the sleeper must awaken. <laughs> there you go. Yes. There you go. All right. So baby's getting really mad out there. So, yeah. uh, I, okay. So I was thinking we should rate this out of floating Baron Harkonnens. Oh yeah. 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 That's epic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Floating Baron Harkonnens. Okay. So, um, I love Dune. I love Dune. So I'm just going to, just based on that, I'm giving this a five, even if, even if it's not even like a, okay. And, and so one is like, meh, five is awesome. Right. Yeah. 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 So I'm giving this a five cause it's Dune. And, and I'm just not even going to try to justify it. I hate the Orientalism of the books and the movie. I hate the way that Paul is the Wonder Boy. I hate Paul, but I love Aaliyah because she's freaky. Um, and unaccountably, I, I just love Dune, so it's a five. Uh, and I'm just not even going to try to like make you think that that's anything but just preference. That's real. Um, I'm also going to have to go for five floating Baron Harkonnens. Not because the movie is particularly good. Because it's not. Because it's terrible. But yeah. it's also awesome. I used to have a cassette of the Dune soundtrack. <laughs> oh, with Toto. With Toto. Just epic. Oh, and everything. I used to put it into my car's cassette player as yep. I was driving west on Highway 1 to oh, the mountains. Yeah. And we just like, you'd crest over these hills and all of a sudden it would be like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and like the mountains would be there. And I was like, sick. Like, oh, you know. yeah. So yeah. for that reason alone, five. Another reason, there is really no other reason. No, I have it's a fondness Dune. for Kyle McLaughlin. I feel like Kyle McLaughlin is like, you know, kind of like this boy next door, but like a boy next door who has some kind of like vaguely creepy habit, but yeah, is like he's super nice creepy. about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I like Kyle McLaughlin a lot, but same thing with, as you said, like both the books in the movie, eugenics, like that oh, is so screwed yeah. up. Like the, the amount of violence, like yeah. the intense levels of misogyny that happened yes. in both the book and the movie. Um, I mean, I did love Jessica's hair in general oh, style. Oh my gosh. Jessica's yeah. incredible hair. Yeah. I loved uh, Guy's Helen Mohim. Um, the women are generally very badass. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, there's nothing, there's nothing really to justify us giving this a nope, five at all. Nope. Nothing to justify it's, it, but it's getting a five, but it's getting a five. So, so there, there you, go. you have it. All right. That's it. So thank you for joining us on this first episode of our third season here on Métis in Space, 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 Space,